Man, today we're joined again by the legend, by the Purdue legend, Mike <laughs> said. Uh, we're going to talk Mavs, Luca, everything about the Mavs this season coming up in just a second. <laughs> I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. If you don't believe, you shouldn't be here. Welcome to Lockdown Mavs. This is one of your co-hosts, Isaac Harris, contributor to Mavs.com. Uh, this pod is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is one of the new apps that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need. Today, I'm joined by a returning guest, 14-year assistant coach for the Dallas Maverick. 10 year, you coach college ball for 10 years, right? Uh, college for 10, Mavs for 15. Don't short me. Come oh on. my, oh, 15. Oh my gosh. 25 <laughs> years coaching basketball. He came on the pod late August. Mike Shedd. How's life? How's the Christmas season? I was just asking you before we hit record about what to do in the in Dallas with kids in the Christmas season. How how is how is Christmas right now with little ones? Well, we've got the five year difference. We got the eight year old who's all about video games and his sports. Toys are out the window. You got grandparents like, what what do we need to get him? We're like, well, gift cards and you know that type of thing. And the three year old doesn't know any better. He just plays with all the older brothers, older stuff. So um, it's good. We're, our house loves lights. Like I told you, any, any light display, the sheds will probably be there at some point. <laughs> how, I mean, how are you dealing with the Purdue game? Is that, are you still like recovering from that or? I tell you what, I'm not one to put a lot on the refs. It was a, it was a struggle. We had a rough whistle the other night. Um, but Scott Foster he, in that game? He unfortunately he, he wasn't. I looked for him, but he wasn't. Um, I tell you what, yeah, Rutgers played their 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 tails off in that shot by uh what's his name? Uh is was nuts. Um we were up 10 and I started to put the boys down. I'm like, okay, we're good. Eight minutes left. We came back, got the lead. And then I then my phone starts blowing up. They're like, and my brother's like, just shoot me. My other brother, we all of us went to Purdue. They're like, well, so much for number one. And then my dad and then other and friends are like, uh, well, so much for that ranking. I was like, and then I watched it. I downloaded and watched it. I was like, what are you going to do? He hit it from three court, I mean, you know, half court on the run. Yeah. It's a tough shot. But, it, I mean, the rack is a tough place to play when you're not getting the benefit of the whistle. It was a – I told my buddy, I said, eight on five on the road is tough. <laughs> <laughs> But it's all good. We're, I, I didn't think we were going to run the table by any stretch, but I think we deserve to be up there. So uh, I'm excited. As a boiler, as a boiler fan, I, I think we will be right in the thick of it. Come yeah, April first. You won't you won't drop too far in the rankings. You still be top five. I mean, you you didn't actually win a game as number one, but uh, you know, <laughs> it it happens in college all the time. Okay, so. You're a year removed from being with the Mavs. You're obviously watching this Mavs team. You've been to some games. Yep. What's the what's the biggest difference that you see from this Mavericks team to the Mavericks of the past few years? Um, I would say just just off the top, just whether I'm I coached them or was around them as a fan, they they're 
they're not they're taking more twos and mm. they're not getting the threes that we got before um like the other night they shot 46 which is not when we were there wasn't that big a deal like we would chuck them up there with the best of them um they just not aren't hitting they're not shooting right now and they have capable shooters so the biggest thing they're taking a little more twos they're going to the post a little more their their driving kick game is probably something that we would have liked to have had in previous years they're they're much better drive team um and they're better I, I love what kp's given them now that he's been healthy and um, that's kind of like the KP you wanted. Like he should be a mid 20 scorer and, you know, a high, I'm not saying he should be a double, double guy every night, but he, he can defensively. He's had his, he's shown what he can do. Um, so it's great. Luca, Luca's just got to get healthy. Like, like you want to talk about whatever you want. He played all the way through the summer and light and with COVID and the way the season was set, you still didn't have a legitimate off like you've had in the past. Yeah. Like normally if you lose in the first round, you've got three to four months. It's still down to two to three months and he played the Olympics <clears throat> or the qualifier. So, uh, um, so they're a little, they're the same construction. I mean, when you added Bullock and, and Brown and Frank, you didn't, you didn't exponentially change the roster. Yeah. <clears throat> I think you got a little tougher, uh, you know, I think uh, Reggie and, and Sterling are that, but then Sterling's had a couple nicks. He's been hurt a couple times, and Reggie's finding his, his stroke again. So once they start doing what they're capable of, because talking about missing shots, you can't change anything. You can either talk about it all the time and make it a point of attention every day, got to make shots. They know they got to make shots. They're not trying to miss shots, but uh, they're just not going. Or you can just not talk about it and just, hey, we're going to – we like the shots we're getting, and at some point they're going to go because we have good shooters. I mean, I yeah. think Jake Kidd said it post-game the other night. We have a jump-shooting team that's not making jump shots. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's as plain as you can get on it. I think they're getting they're generating good shots. They're getting so much paint penetration that they're getting good shots. A handful of times they'll look for a heat check shot when they haven't made a shot. You know, some of them are they'll shoot some tough ones. You know, Timmy and, and Luca have the knack of being able to hit those. But uh um if they're not going, like I had a coach a college buddy who's the head coach at Colorado State, he's like, the Mavs aren't making shots, they need to get in the paint more. It's like I agree, but maybe that's not what they're talking about. You know, maybe we try to get to the rim a little bit more and get some of those, and then we'll even get better open shots. All you can ask for is open shots, you know, yeah. or semi-open shots. You don't want to shoot contested threes, but if you're getting open ones or ones that you like, at some point you got to think they're going to go in. When you have 40% three-point shooters like Reggie Bullock and Sterling brought in and Tim and some of these guys that, you know, shooting across the leagues down, I was, I'm going to ask you about the ball in a second, like what you've heard. But that when you have good shooters in shooting slumps, as a coach, when do you – like what's the – I don't want to ask what the message is because I feel like the message we hear about all the time, like, hey, keep shooting type thing. But when, unlike the back end, when do you, when do you know that, that spot to – 
intervene and like change something up or just let it play out and you're like, hey, it'll just correct itself? Well, it's tough to change anything structurally in season. You really can't. If you're going to change a shot that's got a fundamental flaw in it, that's got to happen in offseason. Now, if they're doing something simple, you know, I they're oh, hey, last year you never dipped the ball. Now you're catching and dipping and or you're you're off balance. Some of those things are you can, hey, let's get let's get an extra hundred up after practice and we're gonna strictly work on your feet or you know, all that. Um it's tough in season, especially with their limited practice time. The the normal person, the normal fan doesn't get the lack of instructional practice time that they're you're prepping you're playing three to four a week which means there's got to be an off day in there so now you've got five or six days to play three or four games and work yeah you know it's and the guys will come in late and they're getting their shots like you got to believe as a fan that those guys are like i said they don't want to miss shots (laughs) they're trying to get in there and make them so the biggest thing from a coaching standpoint, are we getting shots we like from the people we want to shoot them? And if they are, then you got to trust that at some point they're going to start, the dam's going to break and it's going to start to go. You know, what, what like, you, heard? you can't just yeah. upward change or say, hey, Isaac, you can't shoot anymore. Because yeah. then you're going to go completely the other way and be like, oh, I can't shoot anymore. Now the offense is going to mess up anytime it touches me because I'm no longer a threat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know that it's like the Reggie Bullock stuff, you know, shoots 44% last year and, you know, obviously struggling right now. It's like, you can't ask for anything better. Like, you know, at some point you hope the shots just start going down. And, but when you look, he was, you know, Reggie was asked the other day after the game about the new ball. And he was like, you know, you look across the league and, you know, that's just become the conversation too of, why has shooting numbers across the league kind of the, the average is down some and you know we all seen the mark cuban bob back and forth on twitter and it's like you know yeah. some people think it's because you know fans are back in the arena some people are talking about the new ball what have you heard about the new ball or just reasons in general of why shooting is down across the league well specifically touching on the new ball i mean i was i was there when they they brought out the other ball 10 years ago whenever it was Mm. and uh it wasn't it was the synthetic leather and it was cutting people's fingers like just the texture of it you'd see people passed a lot had little cuts on their fingers and then they finally they finally figured it out the new ball was here before i left the mavs the new ball was getting they even gave us two last year just to get you hey this is the ball that's going to come and once it's broken in it's fine you know, and they've had enough balls to where they are all broken. They're not playing with a new ball uh, out on the court. Yeah. Um, it, the refs go through and find and they mark and they'll say these are game-worthy balls. So it's not like they're – now, brand-new ball, it's tough. It's kind of sandpapery. It's kind of dry. So until you've played with it for a while, it's got some sweat, got some moisture on it before it gets some real life about it. Um, so, yes, a brand-new ball, they're not – it's like you walked into Shields and bought a, you know, bought a dry basketball. It's a, it takes a while to get some life to it, but all these are broken in. So at the end of the day, we've all gone to the courts and shot with a ball with no grip and with no 
and a rubber ball with too much bounce and little seams broken or deep seams, they can all shoot. So I don't want to get put too much on the ball. Yeah, it's different. It's a little different, but once it's warmed up and got some sweat on it, it's it's a ball at the end of the day. So I don't yeah. give too much credence to that. So, um, yeah, Mark and Bob's uh, back and forth was fun. That was it was entertaining. No, it's always in it. anything with Bob's entertaining. So, <laughs> all right, we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be right back to talk about Luka Doncic. Do you know a way to save money, especially during the holiday season? You know what you need to do? You need to reevaluate everything that you are subscribed to. And this is where Truebill comes to play. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or, or simply you just forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year. I know I need an extra 720 because I need to buy more Christmas gifts for my kids because they're probably wanting a new Batman or a new doll. Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save them over $100 million. Don't fall for a subscription scam. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. National TV game. Reggie Miller, they, they just love to talk about the Luka conditioning. And <laughs> he was asked about it after the game. It's becoming, you know, a storyline a little bit. You were there when Luca came came into the league as a rookie. I actually found some old tweets the other day about uh, people talking about Luke. Is Luca fat? His rookie season, 2018. I'm like, is this conversation been going on for you know three years now? What what was that conversation like as far as just conditioning for Luca over the past few years? What What's your perspective of it now? Is it a, a big deal? Is it is there overreaction? Just anything around that? I I'm gonna lean towards overreaction. Like I, I I've said I said to somebody I was like, um, you can't factor in everything that he's done in the last 13 months from playing and what what he carries his load in a game. And how much he has the ball, and how much is on him, how much he's handling and picking and rolls, and and uh, and then he got hurt, and he got a lay. It was you know, so it's not like he can do more cardio and do that when he's injured, you know. So there's a limit to that. So he's got to be healthy to do that, and he's got to be able to play 38 minutes, or I think he's playing 36 or 38 minutes. Yeah. So the conditioning side, and I've seen it in the previous years. We're still, we're not even in the new year. We're one month in. We're, you know, six weeks in or seven weeks in to games. And you don't just get into shape. You play your way and can get correct over time. It, it takes a, like, Luca is always shown that it can take him 10 days and then he can drop eight or nine pounds. And then everybody's like, oh, wow, look at it. Luca's not an Adonis. Like, I don't know what people, he's not a model physical. Like, you don't look at him and like, oh my gosh, he's chiseled. And like I said, we get, a lot of us get not tan and in white uniforms, you may not look as physically imposing as you might. So uh, I think you'll be fine. I don't, I don't think it's as big a deal. Like TNT, when Chuck gets on something, everybody hears it. And then that becomes the thing. So, yeah. I think it's a little more overhyped than it actually is. 
Do they want him to drop a few? Probably. You know, do they need him to drop 30? Probably not. You know? Yeah. When he's given 20 and when he's giving 30 and nine and eight every night, I think he's he's doing all right. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't want skinny Luca. He doesn't help me being skinny Luca. So I don't know if people want him to, you know, get on uh some shredded diet so that he's down to 190 that, that we don't want Luke at 190 doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's like finding that balance of, <clears throat> I think, I think just in, I mean, obviously I just watch the games and we don't get to go in the locker rooms anymore. So seeing him up close and it's like, it, it does feel like he is a, a little bit probably more out of shape right now than in previous years. But it's like, like you said, it's like, we don't want super skinny Luca, but what's the balance of, yeah. From here. I, yeah. I'd agree. I think they probably would they like him to get maybe a little lighter and he doesn't get the injuries as much with his yeah. feet or his ankles or those type of things. But Luca's a worker, Luca's a pro and like I said I've said this for my my the the training staff and strength staff with the Mavs are as they're they're number 1 in my book. So Ain't nothing's getting nothing's falling by the wayside on how Luke is being dealt with. So um, I'm, I have full confidence in that. When you look at as a coach, we'll we'll go back to the team here as a whole. When when you're in the preseason, you're formulating this this game plan for the season, rotations, everything. How how far into the season are you evaluating things? Are there were there benchmarks to where you're like, all right, twenty games in. Here are the changes we got to make. Just how far and how often are you evaluating to make big changes compared to what you went into the season with? Well, you're always going in. You have what you think you're what you want your rotation to be, what you think it'll be, and then what it plays out to be as as you get into games. Like there comes a point where you're like, hey, we we always took and what I've seen in my time over whoever I was with us, you know, five game samples, 10 game samples, three game samples. What are we doing with these? And then factoring in when people miss games and uh, it's a, but you also get down to, I want to win tomorrow night. And I know I want to play Mo Brown, you know, yeah, you know, and he ends up giving you, you know, some unbelievable minutes and they end up getting it done in Memphis. But it was like, he, he's a situational guy. Is he going to, is he a full-time rotation guy? No, he's not, not yet. Not yet. Does he have the tools that might be able to do it? Sure. Um, you know, who, who are you? Do you want to start Dodo? Excuse me about to sneeze. I think, excuse me. Um, like, do you want to start Dodo? Do you want to start Reggie? You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a it's a balance in like you said it's a balance in keeping continuity with because guys because pros they want to get their minutes they need to know when they're going to get them and yeah. when they do that they're you're going to get more out of them like Jalen in the past when he wasn't starting he knew he was going to get sixteen to twenty one you know he was going to get and it was coming hell or high water you know when guys don't know what they're going to get rotationally that's when you run into consistency things how are they working together amongst other guys so but 
you've got a long ways. You got to get to game 40 and 50 before you're like, okay, shed, you're not, you're not in the rotation anymore. Like I saw Kemba in New York. They're like, he's out. Yeah. Like 19 games in or. Yeah. You're 19 games in and you're struggling losing and you're a perennial all-star who's not old. I don't know how his, I don't know his health. I don't know that, but you're like, Kemba's not playing anymore. Already. (laughs) Okay. Sure. Sounds good. Whatever you got, Tibbs. But uh, um, you got to go. You got to go a longer. And and Jason and his staff are still trying to, as much as they know the guys, they're still trying to figure out within their framework how they want to play or who who helps them play the best. Yeah. So, you know, is that Josh one night? You know, Josh hasn't cracked the full time rotation, but uh. He's got to beat out Frank, and he's got to beat out Reggie, and he's and Sterling when he's healthy. So, you, everybody's like, we need to put these rookies from other from his class are playing. Well, they had situations where they could play, you know. Yeah, that's a it's a tough it's it's a tough thing, but it's never done. Like I said, you got to get closer to playoffs before you're like, these are my ten guys, and that's who we're gonna play. And th- there we go. So, yeah. You're always going to have the game. Hey, I want to win tomorrow night. Oh, uh, Indiana. I want to win tonight. And I know that Dwight and Maxie and Dorian have always played well versus the Indiana guys, and they match up defensively. That's who I'm going with, you know? So, yeah. All right. We're going to take a real quick break. We'll be right back to talk about the bigs on the roster. Guys, thank you so much for making Locked On Mavs your first listen of the day. You have so many options that you can choose to listen on your way to work or first thing in the morning when you're fixing breakfast or coffee. And a lot of you guys choose to listen to Locked On Mavs. So thank you for that. And if you need a second listen to the day, our Locked On Network, man, we have everything covered. Any team that you're a fan of, we have it. Go find uh, a new pod on the Locked On Network for your second listen of the day. This pod is brought to you by built bar you guys know we love built bar like if if i get built bar in my stocking i'm gonna be pretty hyped so someone tell santa i know i put it on my list but i need someone to relay this to santa um that i need built bars in my stocking don't compare a built bar to holiday desserts we don't want people to feel guilty about enjoying the holidays this is from built bar themselves because you don't feel guilty whenever you hit whenever you eat a built bar you feel full and satisfied but you're like you know what i can actually go out and do some things that you don't feel gross after you eat it this holiday season grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar built bar filled with so much holiday goodness you get the best of both worlds delicious and healthy and there's so many flavors raspberry mint brownie cherry double chocolate cookies and cream peanut butter brownie we could go all day on flavors built bar gives you that extra fuel that you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers i love the holiday uh theme here not just for our youtube channel right now if you're watching me in the snow but for this uh for this ad read dip your built bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa Wow, what an ad read. This is incredible. Uh, like some of you, some of those marshmallow treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, marshmallowy through and through, different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Oh, this is so fun to read. The offer go to build.com, use promo code locked15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. Guys, you know that the NBA season is in full swing. 
Bet Online has you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before. The NFL season, it's getting close to uh, the playoff time here. So go bet on teams. Uh, don't bet on the Ravens because, man, it's impossible to guess what they're going to do. Bet Online remains number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to your new updated desk or mo- desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. I said 50%, not 20, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, everything. We have you covered 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts. Okay, Mike question with the bigs, the center position KP, Dwight, Mo, all of them. What's what was the rationale about playing two bigs on the floor together compared to one big on the floor? Well, with KP and Maxi, you have two stretch. You have two two guys who can stretch. With KP and Dwight and say Mo or Willie, you have designated rollers. So Dwight is a rim presence. Max uh, Moe's a rim presence. Uh, Willie is a rim presence. Those other guys you can stretch. So whenever KP's out there with any of those other guys, he's a four. You know, yeah. so uh, he's the pop. He's the perimeter generated guy. And if he gets a small on him, you go into the post. All the other guys, you know, Maxie and Dwight. Maxie's the four. Dwight's the five. Um, Maxie, KP, Maxie's the five. So it's uh, it's all what you're looking. Are you looking to spread? Then you have Maxi and KP out there. Are you looking to have a, a a role person on pick and rolls with Luca, which is which I think he needs to have is a a rim threat because if he's playing on the perimeter, then he's shooting a lot more contested jump shots. If mm-hmm. he can get in the paint and throw lobs and that type of thing, then that opens up the other guys getting shots. So it all depends on what you're looking for, you know structurally offensively yeah is, uh, but those other guys are you're not worried about them shooting they're rolling they're screening and rolling and rebounding that's what they are kp gives you a little bit of everything uh dwight's a great dribble handoff guy you know but he's also going to be he's more of a rim threat than a perimeter threat so um just finding a way for them to affect the game when they're in as a group it, it, you, you see they're going to go small at some point they're going to have dorian at four and and uh maxi they're gonna have dorian yeah. maxi and then three guards um so and then kp is like i said they don't call him the unicorn for nothing the fact that he can do he can handle he can beat a big off the dribble he can shoot from 35 so but kp would be being the big like i could see instances and i think i've seen it where it's dorian KP are your four or five and Dorian's the five in the way they run stuff. Mm. So just because KP would rather be, I don't know if he wants to be considered a center. Yeah. Personally, that's the the stigma. I don't know if it's a stigma, but you know, (laughs) yeah, no. So that, that decision last year in the playoffs, he's in the corner a lot. He's talked about a lot that that role how was that conversation like? What was that conversation like as a coaching staff? And what was the conversation like with KP whenever, like, hey, this is going to be your role right now? It was more just where he ended up offensively with Luca and the pick and roll stuff, <clears throat> which was, and he shot better from the corners than from the arcs. So 
where they want him to end up is what he ended in the corners. And from our spacing, the way we used to space, we would we wanted to be deep in the corners and high on the wings. And, you know, with Luke in the pick and roll, he needed those those triggers to be. I, I know where those guys are all the time blindly. And he'd throw some, he'd throw some of those passes too, where you're like, damn, he knew because we had we had worked that to that's where they're gonna be. So it did it get KP in a bad way where he was limited? Maybe, maybe it did. Um, but that's just where he was better for us being down in the corner, just the way we ran offense. And, and he wasn't fully healthy then too. Right? And he, and he, like I said, he will tell you, he'll be the first one to tell you he wasn't, he wasn't happy with his legs and, and all that type of thing. So it's, uh, um, you know, it's, he's used, they're using him a little different now. They're throwing more elbow passes and, uh, and putting him on the free throw line and, um, which has gotten him in some better things. And like I said, he's having a, is he having an all-star year? No. Is he having a really good go that could help the Mavs? I think he is. I yeah. think he is. So when so we're about to next week is the date in the NBA season for when pl- more players are eligible to be traded. And you know, that's for somebody who's like, oh, it's the beginning of trade season, trade deadline, obviously in February. Mm-hmm. As a coaching staff and like just with the team all the time in that season is it talked about like is it talked about trade seasons is rumors talked about what or is it just something hey we just know we're just not going to talk about that as a coaching staff with we really never spent specifically rick or avery we never spent a lot of time talking about you know who's available to trade like that's nico's job yeah that's Nico's job and the scout's job and and who and who's gonna who's gonna do what like you you hear all the you hear all the 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 rumor mill and the tweets and the hey so and so wants to move so and so's not happy now they're eligible to move but you got to factor in like making a move mid year or early year changes chemistry so you want to go out and make a you know, a home run deal that everybody's like, wow, they did something. You might move five core people that are the heartbeat of the team. And now you got to try to rebuild that with little to no practice time. Mm. Like we talked about earlier. It, it ain't like you get five practices a week. I mean, you may go two weeks and have, so you play seven games in two weeks. You've got seven shoot arounds and maybe two practices that are 90 minutes, maybe 60 minutes. You're trying to build that back. So a trade is a huge move for an organization. And if you can get what you think you're going to get, then you hope it works out. But it's uh, it's never like, hey, I want to go get player X and I have to give up player M, N, O, P, and Q to get them. Yeah. It's a huge change in the, in the locker room dynamic. And that's a, a lot of people don't give a, enough credence to that how that changes your yeah you might got better players but your locker room might have got worse yeah who t- who told Harrison Barnes on the bench mid game uh, I think Sham God did was Sham yeah was that just like a weird moment I think that, there that, without being in Donnie's office and on his phone I would imagine that was just when it came yeah 
I was Where around. You? It was uh, when was it? We had Dante Jones. It was a long time ago, and Roddy Roddy B, my man yeah. Roddy Bobo, and uh, Dante. So we're at practice. And we come up to the locker room, and I'm still doing video at the time, so I'm kind of around the guys, like, in there with the TVs and stuff. And Dante reads his phone. He's like, hey, Roddy, we got traded. <laughs> and then Roddy just was like, you could just just distraught. And then then it, we, we got to run out and be like, hey, the guys are just being told that they got traded. So then Donnie and Keith and Rick and they're like, you have to get everybody together, and they're like, hey, we didn't do it. It didn't happen. But one of the players was like, yeah, like his agent said, say, hey, you're getting moved to wherever. And he <laughs> told the, the rookie kid or the first year, second year kid, hey, you just got traded. And, <laughs> and it didn't end up happening. So like nowadays, like those things, that's one thing you got to. And I'm assuming Nico's going to keep it like the way Donnie had it in that. For the most part, you never knew what we what the Mavs were doing until it was like Woj Woj announces Woj hits the bomb. Yeah. The Mavs had traded for Jason Kidd and sending all you know when we did the Rondo trade. Like you didn't know it was happening until people are jumping on planes to go pick people up. So few and far between, you get a uh, you know, but like Nico's job is to try to better the team at all costs at all times. Yeah. So um, I, I got to imagine there's phone calls and talks going on all the time right now to see first you have to factor in who on who's wanted somewhere else. Yeah. And who do you want? Like you could be like, Oh, I'd love to get Kemba Walker. Great. Who do the next, who would the Knicks want? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you got to match salaries. You got to, I mean, are we giving up two people? Or are we giving up six to be able to do that? You know, that's that's the thing. Like, it's not just we're not just giving up one guy to one guy. That's very few. That often that that that, that doesn't happen very often. So, how far into the Rondo trade were you like, hey, this this isn't going to work? <laughs> Hindsight, <laughs> Rondo and Rick were that was early on. Best friends. Not best friends. Rondo's, like I said, like Rajon with me, great. He's he was he's never as disrespectful. Has always been professional with me. We still talk nowadays. We text. I just knew he wasn't, and he wasn't going to pacify Rick. Yeah, because he was still in his mind all star Rondo. I won the championship with the Celtics, and that's kind of what we hoped we were getting. We didn't get that, but uh, um. It's, I don't know. You got to get through a chunk of games, but it was, you know, a month or so. You're like, eh, this may not be, you know, as ideal as we'd hoped it would have been. Yeah. You know? How how important is that, like, coach-player relationship oh. thing? Because, like, even with Rick, like, you know, Rick was is so much of a wizard, brilliant mind of basketball. But I, I think he admits that, like, his personality is probably not for every, you know, especially oh. point guard out there and player out there with a lot of different coaches too. But like just that player head coach player relationship, how, how have you seen that over the years? Like work to the best and like, man, that did not. Come. Oh, like it said, we can go all the way back to when Jason came and then it took a while, but once Rick trusted him with Rick's ship, 
That's when it took off. You know, yeah. Jason had to give up some, had to sacrifice some stuff. Rick had to sacrifice some things he was used to. And, uh, you know, it worked out. Uh, Luca, I think the Luca Jason thing, because of the way Jason played and how he's built, it's probably good. They probably have a good rapport and they can bounce things off. And Jason can be like, Luca, what about, did you see this? What, what about seeing this? If that is, a, if you don't, if you have poor communication and, and like you said, you don't have to want to hang out with them, but you got to respect and trust that they have the best interest for you basketball wise. I want, I want you as a person to be good and the team to be good. Now, I don't like your humor. I don't like your music. I, that's, that's neither here nor there, but uh, um, there's got to be some type specifically with a point guard. And even on the even the the lower end guys, if they don't think the head coach has their best interest, they're not going to give everything. You know, yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna put up with the the extended film sessions and the and the the longer practices or the the whatever. So I think it's a it's a big deal. Like I, you can still people think you can't coach guys nowadays. I think you guys still want to be coached but they want to know that you're not doing it for your best interest, you, that you're doing it for them and their team's best interest. Like a lot of guys like in college you run into, you just want to get your wins and you want to do this for you. No, I would, I'd like to see – there's nothing better than me seeing one of my guys sign a new contract or a college kid getting drafted or you know signing a deal overseas that's going to make him more money than his family's ever had. Like that's – do I want to win like crazy? Absolutely. But I also want people to, I love, I love when guys, like I still have a relationship with, there was a Furman team I had, which was our first full signing group when I was there. I still talk to every single one of them. Wow. 19 years later. And they still call me coach. And I'm like, just call me Mike. I'm not coach. And they're like, they still to this day, like that was like, those are my guys forever. Those are my guys. And the championship team, every time I see Tyson, talk to Karan, talk to Sean Marion every all the time. It's there's a bond that's built when you get success. Whether it's whether it's world champion success or just playing with playing as a group and that came together. And that yeah. probably helped with Dirk and all that. So the relationship side's gotta be there. You can't have an acrimonious thing and win at the highest level. I just I just it hasn't shown that that's conducive to winning. Yeah. At a high level. At a high level. All right. Last, last question for you. Okay. That championship team, Jason Kidd, you were obviously here when Jason Kidd was a Mav. Do you have any story off the top of your head of just how Jason Kidd works, how brilliant he is, you know, as a point guard, as a player off the floor, whether it's team playing, practice, whatever, that uh, really sticks out to you? Um. I can say two things about Jason. There's, there's, I'll struggle to say that there's ever been a more competitive person, mm. regardless of drill, game, practice, shooting contest. Um, like I said, I refed all the, all those practices, all those years I was there. Did Luca yell at you? Oh, Luca's yelled at me before. Absolutely. <laughs> and Jason has come at me before um, when he was playing. Like, I, I, when people are trying to get the whistle, it's tough. When because when you're just me, you don't want to 
You're not trying to anger the players. You don't want anybody yelling at you. I get yelled at enough. I don't want to get yelled at on the court by the guys. Um, but you're trying to ref and do a good job. Um, one time I called something. Jason, Jason shot fake, jumped into somebody, and I called it. Well, I didn't call it another time. And then that got Jason fired up, and he's like, are you calling it or you're not? And in a much more intense way. And then, like, running a drill, a contest for whatever. And then he's like, how are we calling it? Because I'm going to try. Jason, manipulate is the wrong word, but he's going to do everything he can to win everything. So yeah. he's trying to read how I'm roughing. He's trying to read how they're scoring or how the best way it is to create scoring situation. And, uh, you know, we were – you've all seen the Jason in Atlanta thing when he ran into Wood. Yeah. Yeah. And like Rick said, and at the time when I saw it happen, I was like, that might be the smartest thing I've ever seen happen. And that's how he saw the game. Like his his IQ of how things could – he could make things happen and how things would happen and uh, how he viewed basketball was 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 next level. Like his whole last six-minute thing with defense – when he was a player, you could stink for 39, 30, or 42 minutes. Those last six, that's winning time. And that's mm -hmm. what that championship team took on that. They were like, and you saw it in game two, yeah, game, two yeah. game five and six. There was like a chunk where it's like, you're not getting what you want, and you're going to fight to get anything you get. And, uh, that Jason and that team took on that was winning time. That last six minutes of any game, now it's time. Whatever's happened is is gone. It's down the river, and now we're rolling. Now we're locked in. So uh, that's the big thing with Jason is his uh, his level of competitiveness, regardless. Poker game, Monopoly game, shooting contest, five on five in practice. Um, he was gonna he was gonna find a way to win. You know. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Mike. I appreciate it. Thanks for hopping on. Are you will will I see you at the January fifth Dirk night? I believe I might have gotten secured a single ticket for myself. So <laughs> okay, well I might be able to. When it you. came out, I was like, uh, I said, I got, I got it. My wife was like, you got to try to be there, right? And I said, I, I, we'll see. So I think, I think I got myself a ticket. I don't know if I can bring my boys, but I got myself one at least. Okay, well, maybe I can track you down that night. I really cool. appreciate it. You're the man, Mike.